Hello and welcome to Two Fat Expats. This is the best of and the best of 2021, which feels like a bit of an oxymoron at the moment. <laughs> I'm Kirsty Rice and I am half of the Two Fat Expats. I'm here in Australia and I'm here with my co-host Nikki Moffat, who's in Copenhagen. How are you, Nikki Moffat? I'm fine, thank you, Kirsty Rice. You just had to turn your aircon on and I just had to turn my heating up. So <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> okay, so Nikki, you've done really well and you've gone back and you've got our 2021 predictions. Should we play them now? Let's play them and let's have a little listen to see what we think. If you had to do a projection and we had to fast forward to this time next year, but what do you reckon? What do you think when you think of this time next year? I just, I just don't know. I don't know. I'm not one of those people who says let's slam the door on this year and look yeah. forward to the great new year because I just think life's not like that. It doesn't work right. that way. Um, I mean, we are going to, I won't be here or be in a different place, whatever country that is. It won't be Germany because my son finishes school. So I'll have a school graduate. I'll have, we'll have left our life in Germany to be in Copenhagen. Maybe. I mean, even saying that sounds like it's, challenging mm. great gods of the fates and uh so yeah i mean i can i cannot honestly this year is going to be a huge transition year in our life and i, I cannot imagine how it's all going to look i i can tell you a pretty story yeah. <laughs> about being lovely full of uh i can't even say the word i have to learn how to say it before we move to denmark but this the special word with the h y g g e and uh f- full of that and to be there and to just you know have had an amazing cozy christmas season but honestly to be true and fair this would be next year would be our year to be in australia so next year i would super love to be uh, in australia for christmas and mm-hmm. having been there with family and friends and just being able to celebrate with those people which would feel so much more special yeah. because of even though we didn't plan to go to australia for this christmas it really feels yes much more difficult not to be yeah, there. Absolutely. When someone says you tells you you can't do something, you automatically want to do it. <laughs> yeah. And, like yeah, a and when you've had a tough year, <laughs> your incl- your first inclination is to get around those the ones that you love. Um so yeah, I completely understand. Yeah. Same Nikki, I don't know. I have it in my head because I think if I wanted to like you said uh, tell a good story or paint a pretty picture, I would say, you know, that you know, we're all going to be vaccinated and but even then it changes nothing in Australia because they've said um it that it doesn't stop you spreading it, so it you'll still be quarantining. So for us, I'm kind of getting my head around the idea that I'm just may not see my husband all year because I will have a child in year twelve and a young son here who I just I just cannot leave my children not knowing that I can't get back in. Um and, and, you know, another irony for us because, you know, the whole reason we chose to put our children in boarding school when they got to a certain age was we'd always said that our marriage was the most important thing and that we wanted to always show our children that our marriage was the most important thing, you know, that mum and dad were together and that we would all grow and develop and whatever. And here we are um, saying, well, mum and dad, are going to, you know, try and do this year 
as best we can and, um, you know, because I can't leave you. You know, it's just everything is topsy-turvy and around the wrong way. But I I'm praying for a miracle like everyone else. Anyway, Nikki. Signing <laughs> off for 2020. Okay, Nikki. So with the different timings of school years, this has only just occurred to me that I've had two school <laughs> graduates, right? While you had one who would be graduating, I had one that just had. And now since then I've had another one within that 12 months because I've, I have two children or well, I have four children, but two of them are only 14 <laughs> months apart. Um, but it's pretty emotional now that I look back of it to have two, two both, uh, go and do that. Uh, Nikki, have you learnt to say H-Y-G-G-E yet? Yes. Well, I've learnt, I've, my whole life, I've thought, see, the Danes, it's, it's a weird, it's a difficult language. It's not weird. It's difficult. Yeah. It's different. And the letter Y is pronounced with it as a U. So ah. it's Hooger. Hooger. So That's the H Y G G word. Oh right, Huga. Because our local supermarket is spelt M E N Y, and so when I looked at the sign, I was like, "Oh, I'll just go over to Many." And someone said, "It's not called Many." I was like, "But it's it says Many," and they said, "It's Menu." Menu, <laughs> and not Menu. That's right. <laughs> okay. Nikki, I talked about how the government had said they were hoping that 70% of us would be vaccinated. I know. And 94% of Australians have had their first dose, which is mind-blowing. Can I leave my children was the question, like I said, said, uh, I wouldn't be able to leave to go back to Doha and all of that is still unknown. Um, But, yes, what about you, Nikki? What did you think when you looked back at our thoughts and predictions yeah well I thought that you know I couldn't envisage a year where we would be where we would have a school graduate and a a country move and yeah it it was quite big because there was some extra little curveballs thrown in in the middle of all that but yeah I mean it happened but but 12 months ago sitting in that room having that conversation I, I really couldn't see it I couldn't get my head around it but here I am now sitting in a different country like like everything, <laughs> life had to go on and we made the move. And yeah, we've, and instead of having a child in Australia on a gap year, we've got him here with us. So, and Nikki, do you feel like you're only a few months in, but do you feel like this has been a good move for the family moving from Hamburg to Copenhagen? Uh, I, I do feel like it's been a good move, mainly because my daughter, who did not want to move and spent a lot of time announcing that quite loudly and also that she didn't want to learn another language loves her school loves it Wonderful. uh and and, and is be, doing super well learning danish <laughs> let that be um music to all the years of people traveling with teenagers because yeah. she really did not want to go in fact i do believe <laughs> really? she told you she would not be going and if she was going she was refusing to go to school in Copenhagen. And that is 100% correct. And it's turned out that the school's pretty good and she's pretty happy to be there. <laughs> also good. Yeah. So that was good. So we actually didn't do too badly, Kirsty. You were very introspective and very uh, reflective on on the fact that you might have had to spend a year in Australia. Yes. But But when you said it, did you really think it? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I just I, – I could see that – um, my youngest was not not happy 
Do you know? So it was always mm-hmm. going to be things would have to be so certain for me to go out and come back in and be able to get straight to him because he was so unhappy. Um, and and I guess I I was really, really not wanting G to go back to Qatar, you know, because I knew that once he, he left, we were back to, you know, him having to come back and forward and that's exactly what happened. Um, and, yeah, actually someone asked me last night, Nikki, how I was coping being without my husband and I know – you know, when I looked back at these episodes and these posts, I just saw just how many people were doing exactly as I was doing. We had a lot of the fatterati that were separated from their families and I'm hoping that most of them are, are, are back together again now because at that stage we had people in the States and, you know, people in the UK and everywhere. Um, so... Do you know, mine was just, when someone asked me last night, I said, you know, you just get so sick of being the only one. And I feel awful saying this because there are single parents that do this all the time. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) You know, they do it constantly. And I think you just get so sick of being the one that puts the bin out and the one that does the composting and the one that has to be the responsible adult. And, you know, I think, you know, when you've got kids, see, it's the whole that you're always the bad guy, that you can't do good cop, bad cop. You're always going to be the bad cop. Um, so, yeah, I find that bit of single parenting exhausting. But at the same time, what a treat to kind of, I kind of feel like I've had a gap year from the expat world of I came <laughs> home, do you know, and but still didn't, I haven't um, repatriated you know, because there's still that, you know, sorting through, you know, we moved house and while G did all of the grunt work to move house, there was still the decisions about where I wanted to live in the future, where I, um, how I wanted the house to look in the future, you know, what our life was going to look like in the future. Uh, it would be lovely to get to that future eventually. So let's look at life this year. Let's start in February because in January we, we had a, we had a podcast break. And in February, Kirsty, we talked about we talked to Sean Truman from the Truman Group, which which was an episode that had great feedback. And yeah. we talked about how expats were coping and the mental health of expats during this difficult time, which is 12 months later still happening. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, it's an important topic that we that we covered i'd love to get sean back and maybe if people have got ideas of what they'd like us to ask sean they can send us a message um but yeah he was a he was really good that was a fantastic episode i thought he gave um incredible advice yeah we had an anonymous question from a fatarati i think my partner's having an affair and we did an interview with um Gillian Moody from the Divorce Club. Yes. And so that was also a great episode. We had a peek inside quarantine, hotel quarantine in Australia with Kelly. And um, then we talked about the perfect expat job. What would it be for you? And how do you plan your, plan your packing? Yeah, I must have been getting ready to move that month. <laughs> um, and in Kelly, terms, I'm yep. just looking at, we yep. looked at inside quarantine with Kelly and then Kelly became the quarantine expert in Australia because <laughs> she then went on to do it several times in different locations. Okay, in March, we talked about staying together when you're physically miles apart, which was obviously very a self-enforced podcast of mine because I was about to uh, say, 
say goodbye to my husband. Um, but we talked about how you turn those admin phone calls into conversations that will brighten your day rather than leave you feeling flat and discombobulated. Because we had one of one of the Fatarati told us that her phone calls with her partner had become more like reporting in. I can totally identify with that when you're trying to just get everything covered, when you say, okay, we're going to make a call because I need to tell you about what's happened with the plumber, the doctor, the dentist, the mechanic, the whatever, and then you forget to just have a nice chat. Do you know one of the best chats I've had with my husband this year was he when he flew in and he went into quarantine and we sat up till 3 o'clock in the morning talking. And it was no different that I still couldn't get anywhere near him. I still couldn't touch him, do you know, but it was almost like, well, you're here now, whereas everything else can wait because you're here now. Um, yeah, I think that's the toughest thing about long distance, isn't it? Um, and we also spoke to Rhoda who'd written about a book called Holding the Fort Abroad and um she talked about the seven principles for making a marriage work by John Gottman. Yeah, in April we asked the question, what will happen to the expats who can't be vaccinated? Hmm. Is this the end of their expat experience? And I guess that that's still playing out right now because of of all the things going on in the world in December 2021. That's We don't know the answer to that question yet. We talked about the most successful moving stories and is there a cap on how many times you can reinvent yourself in the expat world? I think the answer is no, but you've got to be committed. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You've got to be committed because I think once you've done it eight or nine times, it's like, oh, can I do this again? Can I Can I really reinvent myself again? Totally. Uh, okay. In May, we didn't have any episodes um, because we had IB exams for you, Nikki, and you had some health stuff going on and I had some stuff going on. So we had a little break in May. Nikki. June. In June, we talked about how do we make international schools more accountable and we talked about strategic plans and uh, all sorts of interesting things there. And then I asked a very cheeky question about the most boring or cliche expat question you've ever been asked. Mm -hmm. We talked about digital vaccine passports, which those traveling over Christmas at the moment are really getting to understand and have a deep personal relationship with. We talked about what's your small world story. So we, and we, and I had the story of my apartment in Copenhagen, how it's, it actually used to be the apartment of somebody who I know on Instagram, no, in inverted commas on Instagram. And for you, it was about the egg, egg cups in your house in Libya. How do we keep medical records up to date when we travel? That's still an ongoing question. <laughs> We're always open to new ideas on that. And then have you vet registered your COVID vaccine in your home country? Oh, we were really getting into it in the middle of the year about what was starting to happen towards the end. Okay. In July, with Europe and the US opening up but Australia shutting down, we were asking who are the expats that are going to make it home for Christmas? How poignant. We also talked about international schooling. When do you decide when your children will finish their schooling and how soon is too soon? And we wanted to know what Nikki wouldn't be leaving Hamburg without. Um, we talked about telephone trees and sort of trying to understand where the top of the tree begins and who do you call when something significant happens. 
Yeah, so in that, we asked the question, which expats are going to make it home for Christmas, Kirsty? And I, there's a snippet here, and we talked about which expats we thought that would be. Do you remember what we said? No, but I'm a, am I allowed to have a listen? Of course. All right, here it is. How are you, Nikki Moffat? Well, Kirsty, I am fine, thank you. I have seen a post-COVID world, and its name is Copenhagen. <laughs> I've seen it in my own eyes. Now, this fascinates me because I remember people getting very, very cross about um, a certain podcast with two women, not ours, but an Australian podcast where one of them used the phrase post-COVID world. And there was an uproar from overseas listeners saying, how can they talk about a post-COVID world when it's everywhere? Are you telling me there is a post-COVID world in Copenhagen? Nikki, speaking of Christmas and heading straight to our fat expat question, mine to you is, will expats be returning, inverted commas, home for Christmas in 2021? What are your thoughts? Well, it's a big time of year for expats, particularly those in the Southern Hemisphere, because they tend to, that's the longer break in the summer and they tend to go. I would say, given in... Uh, developed countries that the vaccination rates are toddling along quite well, that a majority of expats will plan to return home for Christmas unless those expats are from Australia and New Zealand. Because I still don't think there's going to be any hope of that. I agree with you. I think I have just sort of watched friends in Qatar because summer has, you know, summer has, has arrived in the Middle East and, I would say the majority of Americans have gone home um, and, you know, compared yeah. sort of to last year and, and Brits and, and elsewhere. And some people have had to do a little bit of quarantine um, when if we're talking about the UK. But in America, uh, no, it's been like a simple exercise really to uh, get back to the States. So I think, yes, I think... Um, Hallelujah for for many people, not those in India probably, um, or but I think you're right in that possibly in Europe those those people will return um, home for Christmas. But I think for Australians, I did I did hear um, someone within the federal government yesterday say that they really hoped that by Christmas, 70% of Australians would be vaccinated. And if that was the case, they would open their international borders. I think it would be more likely that people who'd been vaccinated may be able to quarantine at home. But like you said, you don't even want to go there because I think we've all coped with so much disappointment, haven't we? Okay, Nikki, there were two parts to those little predictions. <laughs> One was you'd arrived in the post-COVID world and both of us were wondering how that was going to work, but it all seemed to be working fabulously at the time with buffets <laughs> and, and parent teachers and concerts and all sorts of things. So let's cross that one first. How long did the post-COVID world last in Copenhagen? Well, it lasted all the way through November, to be honest. It it really, really got nearly to the end, I guess, of November. So we were doing a cracking trade in the post-COVID world here <laughs> and then it just all went to shit with Omicron. 
Um, and then, okay, so then we talked about, and we were kind of half, half and half there with, with our predictions. So we said, yeah, and no, we didn't think that Australians and New Zealanders would be able to get home because at that stage, Australia had said maybe they'd open up at 70% vaccinated. And you have to say Australia went absolutely gangbusters with their vaccination program. And yes, we do know, both of us know Australians that have managed to get home and if they were arriving in Victoria or New South Wales or, you know, those glorious places, they could just quarantine at home for three days as opposed to others from my state and um, other states, uh, they didn't get to do that. So it was a bit of a mix, wasn't it? Yeah, and unfortunately New Zealanders have not been able to get home for Christmas. So just a big shout-out to those Kiwis I know that are still really waiting and then New Zealand with the announcement they're going to wait a little bit longer. But can I just say, Kirsty, that you were a little bit prophetic that you said, you know, we might see some home quarantine and mm. Australia tried, most of Australia did try to move to that. So we're we're a little bit quite on track with that. <laughs> okay, we are up to August Yes, August. we talked about if you were trying to get into Australia, how would you do it? And we spoke to Sarah from Mindful Migration and she gave us some really interesting sort of stats on who was trying to get in and how things had changed through COVID and that maybe it wasn't completely impossible to get in, but it still seemed that there needed to be a lot to be done. In September, um, we talked about... Well, well, it looks like G was apartment hunting in September because we talked about finding a new home and the trust required when you're making a decision in one country <laughs> when the apartment you're choosing is in another part, uh, country. Um, then we also talked about international groups and activity and me finding new friends and, and how that all worked. We discussed what airlines were doing to keep customers on board and whether you were keeping your status points as well as your airline miles. Do you reinvent yourself with every expat move and and can you keep it up? Um, can you do it professionally and personally or is it just a myth? And I think, you know, that was also to do with my move. Uh, if you had a chance to have a job in your home country that you could do from anywhere or locally, what would you choose? Now, that generated actually a lot of discussion in the Facebook group as well, where people gave a lot of their experiences and talked about how it's it's isolating or it's integrating to, to work yes. in, in your home country or whatever. And how do you follow local media in a new country? And that's to do with, you know, keeping up on the local news as opposed to news stories in your own language. And the last one, which was also a massive topic for that month, was how will menopause affect my expat life? We got a lot of input and information from the group on that and a lot of good resources that we shared. And that, that also generated lots of feedback. Nikki, we are breaking this down into months and doing just a bit of an overview. Um, just really for if you've missed anything or you think, oh, yeah, I really like that one or I need that one now, we're showing you where you can go back and find it. So in October, it was business travel. Are you ready for it? Are you busting to do it or are you still a little bit wary? We talked about dress codes in international schools because that was a bit of a thing that was going on at your school at the time, Nikki, wasn't mm. it? We talked about <laughs> how that can be a bit tough on the girls perhaps and why these rules get started. We talked about the best vaccination for international travel um, Nikki, I'm going to end up having had two of the AZs and one of the Pfizer. Did 
Are you doing the same three all up for yours? We will have the same three all up here. Um, yeah. Pfizer is the booster of choice. So I'm not sure. We're a three Pfizer, one Moderna family. So I'm not sure when my son gets his booster if it will be Moderna or Pfizer. Mm. So we'll find that out when the time oh, comes. We also talked about in October whether you're better off staying away until travel is a little bit more acceptable. So if people will welcome you when you get home or not or if they'd rather that you just kind of stayed away a bit longer um uh and then we talked about what the hardest goodbye had been and why it had been hard in november we talked about the death of the expat blog so did bloggers become instagram did bloggers become influencers did instagram kill the art of storytelling and do any of us read blogs anymore and that generated also quite a bit of discussion. When do you feel at home in a new country? Eh, and that's also very personal to think. How much shit do you ship and what effect is it having on the planet? And that, of course, was influenced by the fact that COP26 was held in November in the week that we had that conversation. So do we ship our personal belongings everywhere or do we start in a new location and be very mindful of that how does a third culture kid react when someone tells them they're not really where they're from where they say they're from or where their passport's from Mm. so we discussed that and how how to have those conversations with your children and for them to have those conversations with other people pros and cons of returning to your home country for the festive season and christmas markets in europe will they happen well Kirsty, they did and they didn't and some were closed before they started some were closed down a little bit and some are still going on and i know people in hamburg that have been going every day because every day they expect them to be closed so they've gone they've gone more this year than any other year uh austria's decisions to make covid vaccinations compulsory who's next well a lot of countries are next. Yes. And uh, can you keep your job while being a vaccine-hesitant expat? Um, and then we talked about there's a new app that was designed to help families connect, and it's kind of like a Tinder for families. It was interesting. After we did that episode, someone messaged me and said, oh, I'm going to do this right now because I'm really struggling in, the, in this new country I'm in. Uh-huh. And um, they're in Abu Dhabi, and they said, oh, whoops, no one here. But I did try. So it's interesting that there is obviously a um, yeah a, a few people do feel a need for that a connection with other families. Yes, uh, but particularly those with smaller children, or you know, not particularly, but that this person had a smaller child and said they were finding having issues finding compatible families or whatever. So I thought it was interesting that that was follow-up and feedback that we had from that episode. Yes. And then we got to this month, December, which we're nearly at the end of, but we talked about Omicron had broken the hearts of many expats this month, which it has because I think we all thought we were either going to get home, be home, or see some light at the end of the tunnel and it's just – it's – kind of given us all a bit of a punch in the face of not done yet you know you thought you were out of the woods but I've got a bit more and then because we had so many people who were like literally days away from getting on a plane and and then their flights were cancelled so we also uh, talked about um, whether it was just crazy to make travel plans in a time of COVID 
you know, are we optimistic or pessimistic about what this year is going to look like? Uh, do we just need to be ready to pivot at all time? Um, and then we talked about small talk, whether it disappeared from the expat world or whether it just stayed there discreetly in a different form. And we discussed our best expat Christmas ever and a bit of gifting. Uh, Nikki, shall we move straight on to the favourite uh, things that we had and uh, then do our predictions at the end. Let's the do that. Okay, so I'm going to say, because we didn't do anything for January, in February, because I've got a lot here to choose from, but I really can't go past It's a Sin, which was mm. the series that was on Netflix um, and it had uh, just the most fabulous cast and it talked about uh, the time of AIDS when it, when it first found its way into the community and just what that looked like. Mainly in the UK, we did see a little snippet of America, but the cast was incredible. The storytelling was amazing. The ending was gut-wrenching. It was absolutely beautifully done. The music was fantastic. And, you know, I might I might even say it was my thing for the year, but I just absolutely love it. Oh, it's gone, gone early. <laughs> oh, I would stay with that. I just, I would watch that again. I absolutely loved it. It's a sin. What was yours? Well, Kirsty, you know, like it was a tough year. So I did need some light uh, entertainment and Bridgerton was the biggest yeah, show on the internet brilliant. in February. So I think, oh, January and February last year. So that was me. I was, I was all in. I was all in for Bridgerton. Yeah. And what about in March? What was your favourite thing in March? In March, my favourite thing was a podcast uh, of the things I've got here was a podcast called The Test Kitchen. Um, it was a Gimlet podcast. It didn't come back. It was a little bit problematic because it, it brought up a lot of great issues at, at the time. So it talked about the test kitchen in Bon Appetit and the issues with that, if you remember that one. I didn't, wa- I didn't listen to it. Okay, right. So it, it was a great podcast. It talked about the test kitchen in Bon Appetit and how problematic it was in terms of people of colour and the way that people were treated in the process. And then it actually brought up a big issue within Gimlet. And so um, they were doing the podcast about the test kitchen and then inside of Gimlet itself, the, the podcast company, there was a big thing brought up about Reply All and Reply All had then changed. One of their hosts had to leave. There's all sorts of internal issues. So, yeah, it was it was a great podcast and they sort of they had to can it midway through. But, but the, the issues that it brought up and the, and the story that it told was, was really excellent. Oh, I need to go back. I remember you talking about it at the time. Do you feel like you listen to as many podcasts as you used to? I, I don't because of my favourite things. There's not a lot of podcasts in here, but I listen to, I think, think what happens is you go through cycles. So I listen to a lot of regular podcasts. So I, I listen all yes. the time, but the podcasts I listen to are ones I listen to all the every day. I don't think the quality of podcasts I listen to is as good as it was what I used to listen to. So like something like you've just explained, The Test Kitchen, that that is yeah. a high-quality podcast that's got yes. all sorts of pieces to it and it's fascinating. Back in the days of like Serial and those sort of podcasts, like it's similar. And, you know, we both really got into the story of Gimlet and the story, those yep. big, big stories that were really rich that had had a lot of time. And unfortunately, I'd have to say... <laughs> A lot of the podcasts I'm listening to at the moment are just people talking about things that they've 
read, watched, listened to, perhaps even like we are doing right now. (laughs) Don't turn (laughs) off, don't turn off. But I would hope, and this is why Nikki, I always say to you, we have to have these Q&A periods and discussions with us if we, you know, one of the, I guess, for an insight for people for behind the scenes, one of the things that we are banging on about all the time is that you have to provide an answer to people or you have to have helped them, given them a given them some sort of personal reflection of how that worked for you or where they can find the information to make it work for them. That's what makes this podcast an expat podcast. It's two people who've been expats for 20 years who have done all that but also can show you where to get the information. But um, I, I think about it now. I go to sleep listening to a lot of podcasts and those ones are people that are doing, I guess, not mindless chatter. I don't want to be that bad. It's not that. But they're people that it's not life or death if you don't hear the last 10 minutes because you fell asleep. Um, and maybe you might not even listen to the last 10 minutes. You'll just move on to the next one that comes, you know, within the next couple of days, weeks, whatever. And, you know, and of that I also have a lot of sport. But, Nikki, I think that's it. I, I've, you know, I've, Apologies for boring everyone with the epiphany, but I wonder if anyone else is the same where they've realised that perhaps podcasts have moved to a different direction and and maybe the quality they're not having is the same. I don't know. Okay. One of the things I did go and see that I did absolutely love was uh, I went to the Adelaide Fringe Festival in March. Tracy Crisp, who is an ex um, expat, she uh, wrote a play called I Made an Adult. It was a one-woman show where she reflected back on waking up on the morning of her or the night before her son's 18th birthday. She was making him a cake and then reflecting back on his life. She, it, I've, it was very personal because she talked about expat life and travel and what that looked like with him and what it had, what it had done to them as a family. And she was also from the country, so I guess there was a lot of, a lot of stuff there. And I absolutely, I was in awe of this woman because it was so brilliantly written, but also she performed it all on her own. Nikki, you know, I heard a friend say recently that one of the things they're doing with their partner at the moment is instead of they were going to buy a big ticket item, maybe go and see Hamilton, I think it was, which was going to cost an absolute fortune, but instead they decided to break it down to go and see ten small things um, to invest that money into small theatre and to people up and coming um, artists because they've been hit so hard by COVID. And I thought that was a brilliant idea. Um, Definitely something I want to do when I get back to Qatar because there's lots and lots of things you can go and see in Qatar and lots of different art and whatever. Do you go and see a lot of plays or things like that, I mean, forgetting COVID. But back when you were living in a post-COVID world, (laughs) (laughs) what was available to you and did you... Did you, you know, do you feel that's something you need to have in your expat life? Yeah, no, I do. And I think that's a great, a great thing to bring up. I have tickets in February for Hannah Gadsby and I really, really hope that Omicron is gone by February. So we can see Hannah Gadsby. Hannah Gadsby is coming to Copenhagen? She is. She is. 
I know. And all my Hamburg friends are coming for that weekend and making a big weekend of it. So fingers crossed that Omicron is gone by then. But yeah, so, and we also have Trevor Noah tickets that that keep getting rolled over. They're two years old, but they've been cancelled twice and he keeps rolling it forward. But yeah, no, we do need to see more local things. My daughter actually goes from school. She's been to three local productions as excursions this year, which she's enjoyed each one of them, which I think is great. My son did an improv class at a at a local comedy theatre and they, they do um, performances once a month and I've said to him and to everyone, we need to go and, and sort of, you know, yeah. have a look at this. Like it's just a smaller thing. So I don't. I would like to do more. I don't do enough, but I have to sort of find people because not everyone in my family is always up for it. So I have to find other people to go with. So, but yes, a hundred percent. I think that's important to have in your expat world when you can find it. Yes. Okay. What was your favorite thing in April? In April, there was a show I watched on Netflix called The One, and it was like an Elizabeth Holmes like character in doing a DNA matchmaking service. And I totally forgot about this show oh, until I looked at yeah. the things I talked about in April. And I was like, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed, the, well, the show, but also the moral dilemmas that it brought up. Like, you know, if if you if there is only one person that's meant to be for you, do, and you're already married happily, what do you do about that? Yes. Like, what are the moral dilemmas? Do you have your DNA taken and find out who your one is, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Yes. So, I, I'd really like it was a little bit of a slow uh, a sleeper one for the year. I don't know whether it's been renewed for another season, but I actually really enjoyed it, and so I'm I'm happy to put that forward as my April favorite. Yes. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I had Grace Tame, who is the young Australian yeah. of the year, and um. She, she did an amazing speech at the press club, which I guess, um, and I think we shared a, a link to it at the time. Um, she was a victim of child abuse and has then gone on to be a public speaker and advocate. She's brilliant. There's a fantastic, I think I went on and then said that her interview with Mia Friedman was also something later on in the year that I really liked. Okay, in May we had the break and so we now get to June and uh, my favourite in June was Motherland, which stars Anna Maxwell-Martin as Julia and Diane Martin as Liz. And um, I won't go through the entire cast, but it's basically exactly what it says. It is the world of being a mother. Uh, but thankfully, they do have a, a male uh, character in there who plays the role of full-time parent. I find Motherland hysterically funny. I watch clips of it on Facebook just to keep me laughing. I think she is such a good actress and it just what I love is her husband is pretty much non-existent even though he lives in the house but he manages to cycle and run and jump and <laughs> go to work and do everything. And um, I, there is a particular Christmas scene I love the most where he rings from a very busy store on Christmas Eve and I think she answers the phone saying, what hideous piece of last-minute shopping are you arranging for me right now? And <laughs> And he wants her to go and ask his mother if she's got an epilady or something. It is so good if you haven't watched it. I think there's three seasons. I love it, Motherland. I don't think I have. This is excellent news oh. because I'm really out of TV right now. Oh, I love it. Um, my June was Mayor of Easttown, right. which was Kate Winslet on the sans makeup on the small screen uh i recently listened to a podcast um which was also on my june uh, favorites which was the smartless podcast which 
uh, Sandra Bullock was on there and they asked her, what about roles for women her age? Because Sandra Bullock is an actor in her 50s. And she said, no, since streaming, there's no drama. There's so many roles, so many interesting and exciting roles for women. And she she feels that, yes, in the past, maybe she might have felt constricted by roles because it was just movies on the big screen. But now she said with streaming services making so many new shows that for women in their 40s and 50s, and obviously she's only in her 50s, but when you think about some of the shows you've seen this year, like there are many more shows that have roles for women because streaming services are enable many, many more, you know, opportunities for for making content. There's hope for it. So, yes, anyway, so I thought I'd throw that in there with my Mayor of Easttown. Okay, July, (laughs) I loved Physical, which was on Apple TV. It starred Rose Byrne and uh, she was the sort of frustrated um, stay-at-home mother with, uh, with bulimia and uh, who then went on to discover uh, aerobics and uh, it was brilliant. Is that going to come back again? I don't know. We'll have to, you'll have to Google yeah. is it being renewed for a new season. I thought I read somewhere it says the series. Yes, it is. The series was renewed for a second season ahead of its first oh, season perfect. finale. <laughs> Okay, what were you in July? So July, I had another podcast, Day X. It was a New York Times podcast. It was, and it was about finding a gun in an airport bathroom. And it led to the whole discovery of an underground, far, highly organized far right movement in, in Germany. And it, it, it was interesting because a lot of podcasts are focused around us based things you know because that's where a lot of people are that's where most of the money is and that's where the production and everything so but i was living in germany so when it was interesting and also it was interesting that they used you know they 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 made this podcast using you know um, resources they had in europe so i thought that was an interesting way to do it and i really really enjoyed the podcast as well and i would still recommend it yeah all right, Nikki, that's two now that I'm going to listen to. So The Test Kitchen and Day X, which New York Times won. Okay. In August, my favourite was Jimmy Reese, who uh, has become huge in Australia for his, and they're not COVID videos as such, they're more comical looks at our politicians and how each state is dealing it dealing with COVID differently and what's happening. He has really narrated us through COVID and has somehow managed to take the mickey out of every single state and their leaders for what their current COVID stance is while staying incredibly popular. So he's done a series, 44 YouTube at at this point and created so many characters. What's been clever is you can see with Jimmy Rees, those characters will go on after COVID because he's made a few from a few different states and he'll be able to use them in other things. But, yeah, fabulous. I've loved Jimmy Rees. I'm sure more than one Australian is is getting some Jimmy Rees merch in their Christmas stockings yes. this year, the wanker coffee cups and so on and so on. Yeah. Um, for, for August, my favourite was White Lotus, which was the HBO series of the very privileged uh, people going on holidays and 
just the the way to make us be a little bit introspective about ourselves and and how those things work. And I think that was pretty highly critically acclaimed, but you don't have to be looking at it in a critical way to enjoy the series. Yeah. Okay, Nikki, September, mine was Modern Love Series 2, which was the beautiful series adapted from Modern Love uh, in the New York Times um, and we rolled on with another season and I loved it because we they kind of made their way around COVID and we got stories not only from New York but also from Ireland, which was beautiful. Um, and, yeah, loved it. What about you? What was yours for September? Well, I have to say in September I've got another podcast. I've got more podcasts than I thought. Yes. But my September one would be Just One Thing, the BBC con podcast and I say that because I think that it's been the biggest change in my daily life since then like I I have adopted um things from the podcast the standing on one leg while I'm brushing my teeth and you know the 50 squats and everything so I think that uh, there are things that I enjoyed a lot in September and I've got a long list because we did four podcasts in September but but for me that's been the most life-changing in the four months since that that I've I've can have for September. Tiana, hear you right because I did just one thing as well, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So I am feeling better about it, um, and that that is the probably the one podcast I shared with all my family and friends, and they all listened to it as well. So for those who can't remember, it was that you just did one thing to change. A habit. So whether it was the walk for 30 minutes or that was to stand on one leg when you brush your teeth or what were some of the other things, Nikki? We had to breathe, remember to breathe and do the drink water. Yeah. Vitamin D, stretch. Yeah. It was so, so good. Okay. And, and that was with Dr. Michael Mosley as well, wasn't it? It was great. That's so right. In October, yep. I am happy to report I did have a podcast that was a decent <laughs> story that I did listen to and love. And that was the Fitzroy Diaries, which was from the ABC and they had season three. And I absolutely Absolutely loved it. That was my October. What about you, Nikki? What were you? My October is the biggest Netflix show ever, ever and in I the world. Watched it still, and, so, and there's no reason for you to watch it, Kezi, because everyone else in the world has Squid Games. <laughs> and I, I, at the time, I, I said, you know, it's brutal, and but it it's, can't look away stuff. But it also does have a lot of stories about life and when you reflect on it, you know, the morals of the world and all sorts of bits and pieces as well as being like a really riveting piece of TV and also showcasing the fact that, again, coming back to all these streaming platforms is that they're constantly craving content. So what we are seeing now is content from other parts of the world when we are so in the mainstream, if you're an English speaker, native English speaker, you're usually just seeing English shows and they come from um, the US or or the UK or Australia or New Zealand sometimes. But this is now making all the world feel a little bit closer. I don't know that Squid Games makes people feel closer together. But what it does do is just showcases that there are some amazing international shows and that, you know, other things I had on my list over the year that I haven't included, but Borgen, which is a Danish show, you know, there are lots of great, lots of countries making great TV and it's now we can all share it. Totally agree. So November, Nikki, I loved Love Life season two. 
Season one, we followed Darby, which was Anna Kendrick. Season two, we follow Marcus Watkins, and he embarks on dating following the breakdown of his marriage. You may remember my excitement because I thought season two was even better than season one. Uh, yes. Kids have watched it as well. I absolutely loved it. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't. I've watched one episode and I haven't watched the rest. Oh, I just have I to, I think it. it's a mindset. It. I have to get it. Okay. Yeah. So my November was the lowbrow version of that, which was the sex life, sex lives of college girls. And it's the Mindy Kaling, uh, show. And it, it follows the four girls going to college and their lives. And it really, like, I really enjoy it. it it's a lovely, someone said it's a combination between the show Girls and Ted Lasso. Do you so know, it's, I, it's, have heard, uh, I have read and heard amazing reviews of The Sex Lives of College Girls and I have read it as it's um, when people have not Sex in the City, which, spoiler alert, that's my December one that I loved. But um, people have said, oh, no, 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 why would you watch um, And Just Like That or otherwise known as Sex in the City, why would you watch that when you can watch The Sex Lives of College Girls? And they've talked about it like it's what you should be watching now. So um, I'm definitely really keen to watch it. Uh, but, 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 you know, I, I disagree with that comment because once again, it's just, to me, it's just age, ageism. Why can't we watch both? Why, you know, why, <laughs> no. yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's the show probably because it's about young people, so they're saying and doing all the right things. Yes. So that goes back to our conversation about that. Yes. I actually had a friend who told me, okay, well, I'll talk to you about that in December. Tell me what you just all right. December. So December, yes, mine is Sex in the City. And Nikki, was that what you were going to comment about? I was going to make a comment. I was going to say that in my WhatsApp friend group, we call it Oversharers Anonymous. So you can imagine we just put every life thought that we have in this group. Yeah. There's about 20 of us in about five or six countries uh, who were all previously living in Hamburg. But one of them said, you know, I don't, I'm not loving it. And I said, you're too young. She's yeah. like in her mid thirties. I was like, you're too young. Like if you're old like me, like you, you would be loving it. Cause she's like, I don't know whether that's it. I was like, I think it is. And then someone else who's close to my age said, Oh no, I'm also not loving it that much, but it's interesting to have like a broad yeah. range of, of, of thoughts about it. Yeah. yeah. Look, I've watched, I'm looking forward to episode four. I watched episode three. I have to say I was not disappointed. Okay. Uh, December, I'm going to go with. Oh, I've, I haven't had a sterling December, but I, I'm going to go with um, Single All the Way and make it my uh, make it committed ah, to be my favorite right. Christmas movie of the year. Okay. So, yes. All right. Um, Kirsty, I have a question for you now we've done the finish the year in review. It's the eternal question. It's the question that everybody wants to know the answer, Joe. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah, I watched it that long ago <laughs> that I don't think I can say. Um, I have loved that meme that's going around, though, with a picture of Alan Rickman that says that if you watch Die Hard and Love Actually in the same order, you will see Alan Rickman get his comeuppance after his moment with <laughs> with um, oh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Uh, Nikki, predictions for 2022? Okay, so for 2022... I see nothing but a cloudy future. <laughs> I would say probably, no, look, we, we've had Omicron come at the end of the year and it's really clouded my viewpoint. I've talked about how it impacted me more than 
it should have when I when the news and the changes and the and the travel thing. And so my husband has indicated to me that he wishes that uh, my son and I go to Australia for a month in February and March. So nice. that's something that we're planning at the moment. And and I'm not. He wants to book the tickets, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not there yet. I just need a few more weeks to see what's going to happen. Yeah. So yes, look, I predict that I will be in Australia in 2022 and perhaps more than once. So that that's definitely my plan for that. Uh, in terms of the expat world at large, I think that this year expats have really learned to live with COVID. And I say that not in a defeated way or, or, or a downplaying way, but just that we have learned to like our, our expat life has sort of leveled up and we've learned that if we have to move, we have to do this. A lot of people have made decisions to repatriate and go home and that's great too. But I think that people will continue to do this and they will try and take advantage of the, the new things that have happened in the, in the, uh, in the business world, which is a lot of people are, have a much higher tolerance for remote working. So people might do travel more or they might say, well, I didn't go home for the last two years. So I'm going to do a long trip this year to my home country and I'll work remotely for a portion of the time while I'm there. Um, so I just think that people are really going to just soldier on and <laughs> keep going and, you know, I think that this year will bring probably a couple more variants and that's just based on my December head right now. <laughs> but by the end of the year, I hopefully will have been to Australia, have my fill of family and friends and um, be totally settled in Copenhagen. Oh, that also feels like I'm tempting the devil, but yeah. Kirsty, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, Nikki, I think you're right. I think we are learning as expats how to live. A group of colleagues went to a conference in Houston uh, only a couple of weeks ago, and that to me seems like a whole different world, that a bunch of people got on a plane, flew to Houston, went to a conference and flew home again. I can't, I don't think I would have predicted that halfway through the year. That sort of stuff makes me optimistic, but it's Omicron. You're right. We, we, I think I really has been a punch in the face and I do think, oh, we've just got to wait and see how this next couple of months roll out. I predict that there will be more travel. I predict for our group that it will grow even more um and that there will be um i think nikki you you have plans for producing you know another sort of podcast in the in the future expat related so you'll have some great content to give and um i hope that i might even produce some great content <laughs> along the way as well i would like to sit my uh wesset three wine exam that i've put off because i got a job and i found the job was enough learning for me at the time but i'd really like to sit that where do you think you'll be living at the end of 2022 Ooh, i think i'll be a half and a halfer i reckon i think i'll be half my time in doha hopefully half my time in australia 
And once again, I will go through the turmoil of a career of how that works and how I make that look and balance. And I am hoping that, yes, these last few years where we've all learned how to do more things online, which I had done with my previous employer, but it feels like the world's kind of caught up to what Mm. he was doing. To what you were already doing. Yeah, Yeah, you know, in 2015 we used Slack and we started off with Skype but we moved to Zoom and um, we had all of us in different places and we all talked and wrote and did things that way. So, um, yeah, and I'm hoping, you know, maybe do a bit in the wine industry in that way as well. I mean, you can do wine club phone calls wherever you are, can't you? And you can write things about wine and you can do all these things that I've learned how to do. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that maybe a bit half and half while I have children that still like me. Um, you know, <laughs> want to hang out with me. I'd like to try and split my time. Uh, yes. So, Nikki, um, one of the things we haven't covered, I think may have been at the top of your information about our group. So yeah. sh- just as a recap of the year, Nikki, I think by the end we've done 25 episodes this calendar year. We've done quite well, I guess. I think, would you like to do more episodes next year or do you think 25 is about right? Well, I'd like to think we could do more, but at the end of the day we we set out with the intention and, you know, life is quite difficult. (laughs) We're also living in a 10-hour time zone difference, which also makes recording difficult. So, you know, there are lots of barriers to that. So I think if we say 25 and we do more, then yay us. (laughs) And the Facebook group stats, Nikki, I think you've got some there to talk about our fatterati and the group itself. In our group this year, we've had over 5,500 new members. We've got 31,852 members, Kirsty. Mm. And of that, 28,960 were active in the group over this year, which wow. is incredible, really. That's huge, yeah. Because that's how many people contributed something to the group, be it a comment, a post, a like, et cetera, et cetera. We had over 6,000 posts in the group. And Tuesday is the most active day <laughs> in Two Fat Expats, followed closely by Friday. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and we, when we were looking at the, when we we're looking at the popular times earlier, 2 p.m. my time on Friday, which is sort of midnight or 12 a.m. your time on Saturday, yeah. it seems to be the overall most popular time. So obviously that's exactly what we want. We want people to finish their week, grab a glass of wine and. Yes. Fire up the Facebook group. <laughs> Nikki, fantastic year. I want to say thank you to the Fatterati for hanging around and coming with us. The audience has grown again this year and um, we promise next year we'll get even better. Veterans, veterans. Not only are we expat veterans, you podcast veterans. Podcast veterans. Have you got a bold statement for the entire year? No. I've made you think on your feet, haven't I? I really, that was a question without notice. (gasps) Do you know what? I'm going to challenge you with that for our first episode for 2022. You're going to give me a bold statement of something you're going to get done for the year. It doesn't have to be big, but give us your bold statement of something that's going to happen. That we can review. Okay. 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 Okay, Nikki Moffat, I will um, see you next year. See you next year. Bye-bye. Bye.